Ladies and gentlemen, brother and all, welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast. My name is Connor, and I'm one of your hosts. Today with me, of course, are my two co-hosts, Stephen and David, as well as some really special guests that we have today to talk about, our, or to join us in our, top, in our topic, uh, which is, of course, Demolay. I have AJ and Eric, which I'll allow them to introduce themselves in a minute. But first, it's important to note that our opinions are our own and do not represent any of our Grand Lodges, because there's a few of them represented today, uh, nor do they represent uh, any concordant bodies, including the International Order of Demolay or Demolay Canada. Now, with that said, I'll pass the torch on to Steve and let him introduce himself. Hi, thanks, Connor. My name is Steve Chung. I am a senior Demolay from Beaver Chapter in beautiful British Columbia. I'm a two-time, two-time past master counselor. Uh, Chevalier, Cross of Honor, a uh, bunch of other pins on the wall, and um, I'm a uh, past master of my lodge here in Kelowna, British Columbia, which is Prince Charles Lodge, number 153, and I'm a member of the Valley of Vernon, Scottish Rite. And, and I'm, uh, I'm David Colbeth, I'm from Washington State, uh, just south of Seattle, a Master Mason, and I'm not a DMLA, but I am a DMLA chairman for my local chapter. Uh, past master of my lodge in King Solomon number 60 in Auburn. I'm a member of Scottish Rite as well. Look forward to the meeting today. AJ, we'll let you, we'll let you go. Uh, I'm AJ Brendel. I'm a past state minister counselor of Minnesota DMLA. I've been a member of DMLA for uh, about seven years now. And then I was also a squire, which is sort of the younger version of DMLA for a few years before that. Um, I have been a Master Mason for almost a year uh, at the Anoka Lodge in, in Minnesota, and uh, I currently work as a member of the Minnesota Demolay State Staff as the Director of Chapter Success, where I basically uh, go around to chapters and make sure that they have the resources that they need to, to be successful and, and have a, a good Demolay chapter. And on to Eric. Uh, hi, I am Eric Hart. I am the uh, provincial advisor, or as some may call it, the chapter dad for Alberta Demolay. I am also a senior Demolay, past master, a bunch of other awards that were mentioned earlier. Uh, and uh, I, my primary role is to just help the boys uh, understand what's going on and to keep the advisors in line. And uh, before we get started, I'll give my DMLA bio, I suppose, as everyone else has. I am the immediate past uh, Provincial Master Counselor of British Columbia and Yukon. Uh, I also hold uh, an honorary uh, title as the Honorary Provincial Master Counselor of Alberta. So I'm basically Mr. DMLA for Western Canada, <laughs> or at least I like to think I am. Um, now, before we get super into it, let's talk about how our viewers can interact with us. Of course, you can talk to us with the uh, live chat, which is here on YouTube. The other way that you can contact us and just talk with us both during the podcast and after is down in the description. There is a link to our Discord server. Uh, if you go on there, well, uh, is a perfect way to interact with us and uh, give your opinions during, before, and after podcasts. So with that said, uh, let's talk about Demolay. The first question that everyone seems to ask is, what is Demolay? Who wants to respond to that? 
Let's let's give it to the young guy. I'm assuming I'm the young guy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Demolay. I mean, I mean, the very basic description of Demolay is that it's a it's a youth leadership organization for young men. Um, it's an international organization. It's in several different countries, and I think every U.S. state. Um, it teaches leadership skills like public speaking, um, communication, and event planning, and and all sorts of. Um, skills that that DMLAs will use not only in DMLAs and Freemasonry, but outside in their in their normal lives too. Um, beyond that, I for me, it's been a place to to find friends and brothers and and people that I can trust with my life. And uh, basically, anywhere in the world, I I can go and find a, a person that I can trust. And so that's what what DMLA has really meant for me. Fantastic. What does that What does DMLA mean to you, Eric? Uh. I mean, similar to what was said before, it's a place where you can trust people, where you can go and not just find, you know, friends that you would typically see in a school or a work setting, but people that really try to better themselves uh, in everyday life. And so it's not not just that you're finding people that you can rely on when you need something, but it's people that you can always understand will be trying to be the best that they can possibly be. And so it's really a, a hub of people that are all in all ways the kindest, the nicest, and many other words that I can't even think of in, in just one central location. Because the organization's values and its techniques and what it does, not just to the young men, but to the adults themselves, it really transforms the way you interact with the world and the way you interact with people. Wonderful. So we've got two different bodies represented here. We've got DMLA International and DMLA Canada, which, um, which both have their own governance and leadership. But I was wondering if we could discuss how the chapters are run, how they work, and then on like a state or a provincial level, how that is, is governed, because that is something that I've always found quite interesting. And it's one of the things that has separated DMLA to me from like the cadets or the scouts or any other youth organization. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, it, it a little bit varies from depending on which jurisdiction you're at. So each jurisdiction has an executive officer and the executive officer is kind of the, uh, you know, the big decision maker in that jurisdiction. Um, I guess they can, they can really dictate how chapters are run, but in most States that I've ever been to, um, Chapters are, are primarily run by by the youth. Um, we have a master counselor who's kind of like the elected president um, who you know runs all the meetings. He puts together committees. He communicates with all the members to make sure that they know about upcoming events and, and all of the things that are going on. And it's all run by the youth. We have advisors, um, like several of you are. Um, we have advisors who are the adults that kind of guide us, uh, make sure we don't burn the buildings down or go against our insurance or anything like that. Um, but for the most part, it's it's really youth run. We get to decide what we want to do, where we want to do it, uh, how we're going to get there. Um, if we want to go to Disney World, we can go to Disney World, but we have to figure out how to fundraise for it. We have to plan all the details. So it's, it's kind of interesting because it's different from other organizations in that the kids are actually the ones making the decisions and the plans. Wonderful. Uh, just something that popped into my mind there is back when I was master counselor of Phoenix chapter um, in Victoria, British Columbia, 
uh, our senior deacon was a guy named, um, ooh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But anyway, uh, one of the senior deacon's job is to go around and uh, light and uh, extinguish the candles which surround the, uh, which are in the, uh, in the chapter room. And uh, at our chapter, our candles were uh, just like lights. You flick them on and off uh, because of our insurance. But there was this one time where, where the senior deacon was going around and his cape got stuck on one of the candles and the candle fell over. Like it wasn't a real candle, it was a light, but it fell over. And to this day, he is still referred to as Brother Fire Hazard. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny. That actually reminds me, you know, we used to have a saying back in the day, if it's not illegal, immoral, or fattening to the advisors, you can do it. <laughs> Well, I think we do plenty of things here that are fattening to the advisors, I'm sure. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's always fun when you go to a potluck and it consists of chips, soda, and pizza. Mm. You mean the, the, the four food groups? <laughs> of course. I mean, that seems like just the, the, the Demolay food triumvium. That's right. Ice cream. I mean, maybe maybe, uh, maybe uh, donuts. Yeah, usually, or usually some kind of ice cream treat in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so, I used to look so good before Demolay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't have the spare tire that, that I've got now, you know. <laughs> but, you um, know, back back in the day, there were, in, in the lower mainland, in the Vancouver area, there were 17 chapters. So there was always something to do. Five nights a week, there was something either Demolay or Joby related that we could do. And, uh, you know, it, it kept us hopping. Um, I don't know. What's the what's the number of chapters like now where you're at, AJ? In Minnesota, we have, um, I, I think, six or seven like, active chapters. We've got a couple of ones that are in the outskirts of the state that are a little bit smaller and, and haven't been active for a while. But we have a, a, a solid six or seven that are that are active. Most of them are in the Twin Cities area. Um, we don't have nearly as much as we did from what I heard, you know, like 20, 30 years ago. Um, but, you know, we're, we're growing. We're making new chapters. And so we're, we're doing pretty well. So uh, one of our viewers um, just posted a, a comment in the uh, live chat and he said, each of you, having been involved with Demolay ah, in a leader setting, what do you count as your favorite moment? Um, so, uh, our, our favorite moment in Demolay as a whole, or our favorite moment being a leader? Uh, let's say being a leader. We'll start. We'll start with uh, with Dad Hart. Sure. Uh, my favorite moment being a leader. Um, I would say my favorite moment was when I got to be the master counselor of my chapter. And this was quite a few years ago now, but it was fascinating for me to join the chapter, to sit somewhere, uh, in the room and to sort of see the boys in the chairs and to see that like, this is something I could become if I worked hard and I wanted to be it. And so it was a very emotional moment for me when I finally got to be master counselor, because you have to start as junior, then you have to go to senior, and then you become master. And it's this long process that just 
fascinates you when you're finally there because you start to think, oh my God, I'm finally here. Like, what do I do now? And that's actually, I think, a big part of why the advisors really help to shape the master counselor because when you're there and you're just like, oh my God, it's like, I need people to show me what I'm supposed to do now that I'm actually sitting essentially on top. And my biggest moment for me as a leader was finally getting to be that point and realizing I still had so far to go. Oh, there's a new face. Oh. Looks like Ernie Loisel. Oh, hi. hi. Uh, so Ernie Loisel is our, I guess, our other representative for Demolay Canada. He is the president of Demolay Canada. Um, so yeah, as uh, as we were saying, we are talking about what everyone's favorite memory or uh, our favorite moment uh, from being a leader in Demolay. So we've had Dad Hart, and now uh, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to call you Dad Brendel. I'm sorry, Brother no, I'm AJ. Not, quite yet, quite yet. So no, that's my, Dad Brendel's my dad. So <laughs> um, I think my favorite moment as a leader in in Malay was um, it was actually a lot of people would would say you know the beginning of their state or jurisdictional master counselor term, you know, like getting the getting that collar and being able to to speak in front of everybody. But for me my biggest moment was actually the end of my term. It was the night before the banquet where I was going out of office and um, I was sitting down at a bonfire with all the members. And one of the guys from my chapter came up to me and he was, he was like almost crying. And he said, I'm going to miss you as my state master counselor. And he gave me a hug. And then uh, we spent the night talking about how he could be a state officer in the future and what he can do when he gets to master counselor of his chapter and so it was really cool for me to to kind of see firsthand the uh, the impact that I had had over the past year on a particular young man, and then being able to see that he has plans for the future to um, do the same things that I did, hopefully even better. Um, so that was really a, a cool moment for me. Fantastic. Uh, what about you, uh, uh, Steve? Do you remember way back when in the antiquity era when you were uh, an active female? <laughs> Actually, I do. My memories don't really start before Demolay, right? But they do. But they do start from Demolay time. So that's a good thing. Uh, actually, I have probably the coolest memory. I mean, I have a lot of cool memories from Demolay. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I gotta say, the very best one. Bit of a story to it, but uh, I got roped in when I moved to Kelowna to come and help a master mason who just had keys to the hall and didn't know what to do but he was left in charge of the chapter here and you know they really poured on the the oh they need help thing and uh, just just a couple hours a month man if you if that's all you can give that'd be great and i said sure i'll give them give some guidance and you know on the second visit i got a key and said that, that was a I bad, don't have that was a bad thing to say huh? <laughs> yeah and, and so um, then right at that moment, I got the keys given to me. The rest of the chapter had been suspended and, uh, they all quit. So I had one boy that was just initiated and he was described to me by his parents as an ADHD, um, bit of a closet kid that didn't come out and socialize much and, uh, whatnot. And 
and he's sitting there at the top of the stairs with me and he says uh well nobody's here so now what right and uh, i told him well you can pack up your bag and we'll go home call it a day or or uh if you're willing to do all the work i got the knowledge like i don't have time but i can tell you what to do and we'll rebuild this chapter and uh he said uh hmm what's involved so i explained the six steps to success uh, or seven steps to success back then and uh he said let's do it and I said, oh man <laughs> and but the coolest part was watching that kid come into himself and i got to give back that which i received as a, as a uh, young demolay myself uh, i had joined at demolay at 14 and i was on my own and i had a chapter dad that took me in like family picked me up for everything made me feel part of the group and uh uh you know this was my opportunity to get back that young man uh of course we rebuilt the chapter and and uh it survived for years after and uh he went to bcit and became a a kid who builds video games and things like that for apps for your phone and stuff. That, and, uh, that reminds me of one of the joining requirements for Phoenix chapter. Uh, mm -hmm. When, when we, when we go and meet you for your, uh, for your, for your examination, the first question we ask is, all right, do you like video games? <laughs> and if you say no, you're out just immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Happen. yeah. So Dan Brown went on to uh, build video games and he was still a bit of a shy guy, but uh, one day they were they were presenting the game that they had built for their team project, and the guy who was supposed to do the presentation didn't show up. Uh, well, he just grabbed what he could and made shift and went up and did the presentation. Called me right after, told me about it, how exhilarating it was, how scared he was, and that how DMLA had given him the, the skills and tools to be able to pull that off from no prep. And it was like, yeah, that felt good, right? Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Dave? I know that you were never an active DMLA, but uh, you're, you're a chairman of a chapter. So what's your proudest moment being in that capacity? Well, I wouldn't say proud necessarily, but just memorable and, and uh, I guess proud a little bit that uh, kind of what you and Eric at heart, we're both talking about every six months here a new leadership takes over generally sometimes the guys have to extend and, and do another six months but every six months i think is one of my proudest moments or, or happiest moments and most memorable there's a new it's, it's amazing to see the transition just in six months from a young man uh to a, an adult and how he can grow and uh, as he there's been a couple of them that have been uh, more special i've seen him as they join dmla and as they move up through the ranks and then become a master counselor, uh, there was one in particular that he was kind of a shy kid and didn't really talk a whole lot. And on his outgoing speech, he actually presented around the room without paper. He, you know, he had a whole uh, a whole lecture that he presented on his own, you know, encouraging the guys of the chapter to continue to grow and to, to do the right things. And it was just amazing. I thought we all kind of looked at each other, where, where did this come from? <laughs> I was a shy kid. And so it's been moments like that. Again, every six months, I think, are really the, the most memorable times of my DMA. Definitely. 
What about you, Dad Lozell? How many memories? You know, I can't ever remember a time not being a Demolay. I'm celebrating my 50th anniversary this year. I, I have, I, I've got two really memorable times as an advisor. The first one was about 1992-93. I had just moved to the Toronto area from Montreal and was probably the only time that I wasn't a chapter advisor and or chairman. Uh, my wife and I went for lunch at the local restaurant and we had a waiter in the other section giving me the eye and I couldn't figure out what this guy was all about but he kept on giving me that stare finally he got up enough nerve and he come over to me and he says you're dad Loiselle aren't you and I went uh, yeah as a matter of fact people do call me that and he said, well, it's me. And he, he gave his name. And I kind of went, yeah. I remembered the name, but I couldn't put exactly where I knew him from. And he said, my dad died when I was 15. He said, mom suggested I join DMLA. See, he said, you were my chapter advisor. He said, you made such a difference in my life. You helped me through the hardest part of my life. He said, I am today what I am because of you. My wife had to stop me from crying in public. That's beautiful. It, it really was. And the other one is a young man who has since become a very good friend. Uh, joined the chapter, was the odd one. He had Asperger's, really had trouble understanding black and white, uh, and was a little bit of a cast, even though he, you know, they, they, the guys really took to him. He was always the guy that wasn't picked to be on their ritual team or things of this nature. We opened a new chapter. We had two boys one from from uh, um, the Horace Mundy chapter in Whitby and him from the other chapter, they came on board because it was a, a, a lot closer to both of them. We had to pick and choose as to who was going to be the first master counselor. Well, he, the, the boys chose him, believe it or not. And he went on to become the first Chevalier from that chapter, the first anything from that chapter, first of that chapter to, to, to join the provincial team. Uh, it really showed to me the brotherhood and the development processes within Demolay and how they can change a young man's life incredibly. Uh, he's now a, a master mason. He's going through the chairs in his lodge and all of those other things, and every opportunity he can, he cut points out to us just what a great day it is and, and, and how much he appreciates what Demolay did for him. And it's always fun to have those type of success stories. Definitely. And everybody else on the panel 
can share at least one story like that. Absolutely. Well, I suppose, I suppose I'll get to uh, my, my story. I've got two that I want to share. Um, one of them is a little bit more of like something that I'm really proud of. And the other one is, is my favorite moment that I felt most, um, most humbled by like, like what I was doing in my leadership role made a difference in someone's life. So the, the moment that I'm most proud of is, uh, Demolay, we'll, we'll talk about this more in a bit, but I've some of my closest friends and the people I trust the most are I met through Demolay. Um, and one of them has since become my best friend, even though he lives in another province. Uh, and even though I sometimes wonder if he cares more about history than ever, you know, calling <laughs> me back. Um, uh, so totally he, don't know who you're talking he was about. he was provincial master counselor of alberta the same year that i was provincial master counselor of bc yukon and i got invited to go to his conclave that's where i met dad hart um and while i was there uh i shared a room with him uh and the chairman of the conclave uh who is currently the provincial master counselor, brother Trevor E, right? Trevor E. Yeah. Um, and they kept kicking me out of the room. Um, so I would come in and be, you know, to get changed and be like, all right, Connor, you got to go. I'm like, why? Well, you know, provincial stuff. Dad Slade is going to come up and we got to have a, a meeting. I'm like, okay, fine. And the first couple of times it was just annoying. But after like the eighth time, it started to really piss me off. And I'm like, all right, guys, this is my hotel room too. Go meet somewhere else. I want to have a nap. I just went curling. My knees hurt. Let me go sit down. And uh, they kept kicking me out. And uh, at the final banquet or the maybe one of the formal events, uh, the provincial master counselor, whose name is also Eric, asked me to come up to the east. So I'm like, all right, what did I do this time? And it was then that he presented me with a plaque declaring me to be the honorary provincial master counselor of Alberta, which I still have on my wall. And uh, it turns out that the entire time that he was kicking me out of the room, it was so that he could actually build the plaque. Dad Slade never showed up. Which, you know, made me a little less annoyed about it all. But, uh, <laughs> but getting presented with that plaque by the person who is, who was and still is my best friend uh, is, is one of my favorite moments. Uh, and then the other moment where I feel that I've, I, I was able to actually help someone and and use my my leadership position for for the good of what Demolay is about was when i was provincial master counselor i had a brother call me and this brother was in tears he had just found out some really bad news and i was the first person he thought to call so 
I figured out what was going on, got in my car. It was like the middle of the night. But I got in my car and I went and picked him up. And we sat and chatted for several hours. And uh, I helped him through uh, a really tough time. And uh, I'm super humbled. Ooh. Ooh. Ernie, I think there's two of you here. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Uh, All right. I uh, solved it. I'm super humbled by the ability or by the, the fact that I was given the ability to help that person out. So that those are my two moments. That's pretty cool. So uh, River uh, just posted in the chat there again, and, and uh, that, that is a good story to share, Because, uh, uh, but I'll, I'll give you the short version. Um, he said one of the coolest stories of when uh, I told about how I got left behind in the States. So when I was 16, I had uh, joined the carnival, and I went. And I worked uh, illegally. Uh, they smuggled me across the border at, at uh, Niagara Falls, went down to Daytona Beach on the A circuit. And um, one day, to keep the story short, came back to the uh, compound and all the trucks and equipment was gone. And me, my bag was on the outside along with the other guy that was there. And uh, we looked at each other and go, what the heck? Now what? Right? So I, uh, I actually... Um, made time to contact the local DMLA chapter while I was having time off in Daytona, got together with them. And then, you know, what was I going to do? First thing I did was I called the DMLA boys that I got in touch with while I was down there and their dad drove an hour and a half to come and get me an hour and a half home. And then, uh, you know, I had a little bit of cash left in my pocket. I was just shy of 50 bucks short for a flight to Seattle and uh my aunt lived there so he made up the difference and uh mom washed my clothes repacked my bag gave me some money took me to the airport the next day and saw me on my way and uh i'll tell you no better feeling than than knowing that you're going to be taken care of like brothers and um you know it's those kinds of experiences that uh stand out for me my best friends today are my dmla brothers from back then we still get together. We still celebrate 50, 50th birthdays and things like that. Um, more so than any of the friends I've got since then, since that time as an adult and whatnot. So, you know, it's really about the brotherhood guys. And, and uh, uh, when you're traveling and you're stuck, it's, it's no different when you go into masonry, find a hall, knock on the door and you'll be taken care of. Well, if, yeah. if there's anyone there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so just continuing on with what you were saying, uh, I agree. Some of m all of my best friends uh, are, are, Dean, are Dimole, be it active or senior. Um, most of them are senior because I'm getting on in age. I'm almost as old as, uh, as you are, Dad Lozell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like, like I was saying, Eric, uh, the past, uh, master counselor of, of, uh, Alberta, not, not dad heart, the other Eric, there's a few of them. It gets a bit confusing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> is, uh, is my best friend and the person I trust the most. And, uh, uh, dad, <coughs> dad Biss here in, in Victoria is another person that I trust impeccably. 
and someone who I call upon when I need help. And even uh, Dad Loazel here, I, uh, he's, he's one of the people that I call when I want an honest opinion about something. Yeah, well, he 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 was that. That's a really cool story about meeting Dad Lozell because I met him via a whole different avenue, which is even really kind of a cool story. But I'll keep it brief, uh, unless of course Dad Lozell wants to tell it. Oh, go ahead. All right. So I was collecting uh, aprons to take to Cuba for lodge. Uh, as I go to Cuba, I take stuff down there for them, and. Uh, I was going through the aprons, repacking them, folding them nice, and putting them in the in my bag. And you know, I slid out of one of the pockets was this past master's jewel, and I was like, "Hey, this is kind of cool. This is unique, right?" And I wonder where it's from. So I looked it up, and uh, uh, on the back of it, it was 1974 from Victory Lodge. And um, I'm like, "Hmm, what am I going to do with this thing?" Well, I can't just you know, who around here knows? about that right you know because i looked it up it's in ontario right and so i'm on this canadian freemasons facebook site so i thought ah why don't i just pop it on there i took a picture popped it on there and you know within minutes uh same day anyways uh uh ernie uh messaged me and um uh he can tell that side of the story a whole lot better go ahead ernie well, actually, uh, our deputy grandmaster had signed the post, and he he flipped it over to me and said, "Isn't this your lodge?" And I went, "Absolutely." We looked at it, and it was funny because we had given out the last of our fa past masters' jewels when I assumed office as I'm master of of the lodge this year, and it, it was real interesting, Steve was very kind he was i was just going on vacation he was going on vacation so we said well when it, when we're both back we'll worry about it and uh lo and behold uh for my first meeting this year i got to present to the lodge uh three past master's drills that we had managed to uncover over our winter break and steve's was one of them and it was the preeminent uh one because it uh, it's the original design. Uh, so everybody in our lodge was real thankful. That's really cool. I'm just trying to find a uh, find the the poster, the picture of it because it's it, it's a it's a beautiful piece. What what's the uh, engraving on it, Ernie, or the picture? Uh, the picture on it is um, I just forgot the, the name of the. Uh, the goddess of war that's it um uh i just forgot her name i'd have to look at my my actual my uh lodge website so while you're looking that up ernie or dad Loza, we've been uh we've been doing a lot of reminiscing this is this has become a, a group of old uh grumpy demolay senior demolay discussing the good old days when everything was better than it is now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'm joking about that, you know. But um, what what would uh, what would we'll we'll talk we'll get Dad Hart and uh, and AJ here to comment on this. How would you say that D Malay is involved with and affected by Freemasonry? 
how how come it's important for the uh, the average Freemason to get involved with with Demoy? You want to go ahead with that one first, or oh, you no, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead, Aiken. Um, I think, well, for starters, I think it's important for the average Freemason to get involved with DMLA because, you know, DMLA makes young men better. And those young men are going to be the ones that are that are leading the world in the future. And so I feel like uh, all Freemasons should have a, an interest in that because, we're you know, we're making the leaders of tomorrow. And, and obviously that's something that that we should all care about. Every every human should care about, um, you know, preparing our youth for what's coming up in their lives and for leading the world but uh, a little more specifically um well first of all demolay is impacted by freemasonry because every single demolay chapter has to be sponsored by a masonic lodge and um the chapter chairman of the chapter has to be a master mason so we need freemasonry to survive as an organization we we cannot exist without freemasonry um the the other benefit that a lot of freemasons will see from demolay is that a lot of us end up joining Freemasonry. Um, when when my dad turned uh, turned eighteen, he none of his parents or, or relatives were master masons, but because of his history in Demolay, he decided to join a lodge, and that was the same with me. Um, when I turned eighteen, I joined a lodge, and it's because of the fact that throughout my Demolay career, I had such an active and supportive lodge that kind of showed me, you know, these are the the kind of people that I want to be with. Um, so if you're con if you're concerned as a lodge about membership or or just you know wanting to gain more members in general, um, Demolay is a place to look for not just for new members but for the type of people that you want to be members in the future as well. Fantastic. What about uh, you, Dad Hart? What are your thoughts on that? Oh boy, just throwing the, throwing the tough questions at you. Yeah, say it one more time, just so I, I completely understand. Because is, like I've been trying to think and it's it's a little hard. What is the significance of Demolay yeah. in Freemasonry and why should the average Freemason get involved? See, in in Alberta, in Alberta, I find that a lot of the Masons don't know about Demolay. Like there are far too many times when I'll visit a lodge and I'll you know on just just in passing mentioned Demolay and then there'll be a bunch of quizzical looks like what? what what what's that like I didn't know about that and then I'll find out from all of these different Freemasons oh like I have a son about that age and it always makes me think maybe there isn't enough I don't know advertising of some kind maybe we just don't visit enough maybe the Freemasons aren't coming out enough I don't know it's it's a little hard to say um, when it comes to the role of Freemasons in Demolay, I would say that it's the same as any other adult, really, because it is meant to be a youth-led organization. The boys are meant to plan things. They're meant to understand them and work within their own terms, not just follow what the adults say. So I, as much as I agree, like, you know, some things kids can't do, right? Kids can't have credit cards and they can't, you know, go buy a, a car and drive somewhere. So you need the adults to do that. I mean, they let me buy a car. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. So sorry for everyone in your everywhere. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but 
the the adults and the Freemasons are really supposed to be there as a sort of a helping hand. Do they play that role or don't they in every case? I, I mean, I, I obviously can't say. I haven't seen every jurisdiction out there. But at the very least, when it comes to the jurisdiction that I'm a part of and the executive team that I'm a part of, I would say that the Freemasons hold no grandiose role any more than just someone's regular parent would. They're meant to be an advisor. They're meant to help the boys, not instruct them. You know, the hardest thing I found to do as an advisor is to let the boys fail. Yeah. Hardest thing to do. But that's the best thing we can do to help them learn. So I'm not an advisor. Um, Me neither. You're not an advisor either. But um, uh, Dad Hart and Dad Lozell and... uh, and Dad Colbeth, you guys are. Um, so, uh, what's what's uh, what what is it like to be an advisor, and why why should the average Freemason look at becoming one, or even just the average adult? Well, I'll, I'll shoot in here. Uh, Dad Lozell kind of let something go that um, probably was a little bit personal, and so I'll mention that as well. I uh, my dad passed when I was just eight years old. I just turned eight years old. And uh, so I didn't have a, a immediate father as I was growing up, but, uh, you know, I, and I didn't have DMLA, <clears throat> but uh, I had other youth organizations, uh, whether it was church or community or other groups. And so that's why I think the DMLA is so important and that it fulfills that role uh, or can fulfill that role. I, I consider that I had many dads, many fathers, so to speak, over my time because the leaders, the men leaders in my church, or again, those community organizations filled that role. And I looked to them for the things that I liked and also the things I didn't like and tried to not duplicate the things I didn't like and the things that I did like that I saw they did. I tried to duplicate those. And so I think that's exactly why Freemasonry should be involved with DMLA and more involved with DMLA is because uh, those things are embedded in Freemasonry as well. And if who are we to teach, just like AJ said, the youth are the leaders of tomorrow. And so if, uh, if we as Freemasons do what we say we're going to do is to help them become leaders, become men. Wonderful. What about you, uh, Dad Lozell? Why should Masons become involved in DMLA? What a question. Um, Not only is there the benefits of watching young men and being able to provide the support that they need, there's also the ability to turn around and, and you will find that every DMLA chapter in existence has young men that join masonry. The young men whose parents are active masons typically go to their dad's lodge. Understood. The other young men who come from the non-masonic families, it's amazing how many of them join masonry within the first three years of becoming of age. 
and it typically they join the lodges that their advisors belong to because they got anywhere from seven to nine in my dog and pony show i always turn around and go they have a preconceived idea of why they need to join masonry Demolay is not to do, to raise junior masons absolutely as aj said it's to make young men better and and on the, the grand lodge scheme of things isn't that what masonry is all about to make men better and so the values that we have as masons are definitely the shared values that we extend to our Demolay youth. I was fortunate. I, 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 uh, my dad was my chapter advisor, and he got involved in Demolay as a result of myself and my three brothers all becoming Demolay, and he stayed on long after he should have uh, uh, because it was what he believed in. And, and he fed that to me. And so I've spent, as I said, you know, the better part of 50 years involved in every aspect. I've been an advisor continually since, since 1976. Um, and, and I've done every level of being involved. And, and when I talk to the Masonic community, I push that forward and so it becomes not a speech but an inspired message because i firmly believe that without the masonic involvement into demolay uh, uh uh there'd be no use it'd be another scout trip um the payback is many fold not only does it hit on the cornerstones of what Freemasonry is all about. But it gives us an opportunity to influence young men who, as AJ said, become the leaders of our nation. Excuse me, my soapbox is getting falling. <laughs> no problem, Dad Lozell. Um, so we've talked a lot about Demolay, um the past and and I do want to go into the present. There's a question that I want to respond to in, in the comments. But I think one question, and I'm gonna get the active Demolay among us to respond to this. The uh, the baby of the group. Um, what uh, what 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 is required to become a Demolay? Say say I know a, a a young lad, a teenager who I think would be fantastic for Demolay. Well, how do I get him to join and what are the requirements for membership? Uh, the requirements for membership are, are pretty small. We don't have too many. Um, you have to be between the ages of 12 and 21, having reached your 21st birthday. I guess if your 21st birthday is tomorrow, you can join today and be a member for a day, but as long as you're, you're not quite 21 yet. Um, we also have squires for, I believe now it's nine, 12. So if you're anywhere in between, you're able to become a member of Demolay, but at least be involved with Demolay and become a member of Squires. Uh, we need that in Canada. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 uh, for a long time with the Squires program, but we do um, have yeah. Squires in BC. Um, 
And then you have have uh, faith and power, power, just like with Freemasonry. It doesn't have to be any particular religion. It just has to be um, because we do have clear you know, meetings and ceremonies. And one of our seven cardinal virtues is um, reverence for sacred things. It's the general idea of having some sort of faith. Um, and that is a good moral character in general. Um, and then our members have to vote on every single new member that joins. So if, uh, if the members, for whatever reason, don't believe that a candidate is not elect them to receive the degrees. But those are the only requirements. Wonderful. Um, so with that said, if uh, if you know of any young young man who falls under those categories and you think might be beneficial, or might enjoy joining the Order of Demolay, Google us. Uh, reach out to your local lodge. Try to find a chapter because, uh, as as you've probably heard throughout this podcast, Demolay is a uh, uh, is a life changing uh, organization. Um, so start Demolay chapters in your lodges if you don't have one nearby. So like when I joined, uh, the closest Demolay chapter to me was. 45 minutes away and I went there for a while but then my dad and I decided that we wanted to start a chapter in or where we live um, so we decided to do that and uh, it's definitely possible with the right amount of work you can uh, start a DMLA chapter right in your own lodge as well Fantastic So Eric uh, Anderson um, uh, Well I'll, I'll talk to that in a sec but aaron brendel is that your dad yes sir aj yeah uh, yes sir you're you're a bit uh you're a bit blurry to hear blurry to hear that's an interesting uh, yeah he, he is my dad um he just said why am i an advisor because someone once did it for me that is what he would say yeah. um so anyway going back to eric uh, Anderson, not Hart. Uh, he said, uh, what could we do to improve promotion of the organization? So what are your guys' thoughts on that? How could we improve uh, promotion of the organization? Take every opportunity that you get and talk about Demolay. Be positive and talk. Fantastic. And talk and talk and talk until you no longer get the opportunity to talk. Is that why people stopped inviting you to, to parties, Dad Lozell? That's that's exactly why people stopped inviting me to parties. You know, if, if they go back to the uh, seven steps to success and um, think about trying to get into the doing presentations at the schools or when they're having a fair, have a booth, have something that brings it to the attention of the youth of today because Unless you're in their computer screens or their phones or their games, you're not in their in their visual. You're not getting any of their attention, so they don't know about it. And so, you know, best thing to do is uh, get out there and uh, spend a little money if that's what it takes to get a booth. But more importantly, when you do that, have the numbers show up, have membership show up. So it's not just one or two guys manning a booth. Um, you know, it's it's. I like the uh, the squire thing you're talking about. We didn't have that back in my day. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that we do have something like that here because nowadays if you don't get their attention before they're 10 or you, you know, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to get it. Um, I've, I've had a lot of fun with the squires. There's a photo around there somewhere of, of one of the squires wearing the provincial master counselor's collar. Uh, I know in some uh, American jurisdictions that's taboo and that would indicate that that squire will never be provincial master counselor. But uh, here, here in BC, it's like, uh, it's like uh, the Miss International Cape and Crown. We just got to throw it on everyone who wants. It, uh, it's what makes it's it's what makes it uh, fun. Um, I, I would so, say I would say there's two, at least two things, really three. One, you have to have fun events. There, there has to be some fun happening in the Deemway chapter. This goes for masonry as well, but more more importantly for Deemway and and for the for the girls as well. You have to have fun events. And two, you have to invite people, invite your friends, invite the friends and family of those to those fun events and invite your advisors too. That's actually kind of how I got hooked into I with this. I would say the, the, the current dad advisor was a friend of mine through Lodge and he invited me to the fun stuff. The guys, the overnighters and things where the guys kind of let loose. So in, have fun events and invite people to those fun events and your chapter will grow. I, I can certainly agree with that. And I also agree with the the whole idea of, you know, just talking about DMLI. Um, we always tell our chapters that, that the way to be successful is to have fun events, but not just every once in a while, but have them on a regular schedule because yeah. that way our members will, will know about them and be attending. And if we're providing substance that our members are enjoying, if they're enjoying the fun events, if they're having fun, if they're learning things, that's what's going to make them want to talk to their friends. Our most successful chapters are the ones that that have all these fun events and then their members are enjoying it, getting involved and talking to their friends about it. Um, just, you know, just sending out an email to people saying, you know, this is coming up isn't really going to get much traction. You need to have a, a consistent schedule for a pretty long period of time. And it's a kind of a slow build, but your members will start to talk about it with their friends and it'll snowball and, We've got like a whole school that that the kids are talking about it all the time in their school because so many of them are members of a chapter and they always have fun. Definitely. So we are coming up on an hour. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to invite uh, anyone in the comment section to give any last questions or comments before we close. Um, and uh, Dad Lozell, uh, I believe uh, DMLA this year is 100. And I know that you were alive when Franklin found it. So why don't you talk about that? <laughs> Actually, I wasn't. Oh, I, I was... I'm pretty sure you were there, Dad Loisel. <laughs> he died. He died the year before I was born. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, so, so let's talk about the centennial because it's a, it's a big year for Dimale. Well, across across Canada, uh, our various jurisdictions have have done. Uh, quite a bit. Uh, British Columbia has something coming up in May. Mm -hmm. uh, Ontario uh, had had two celebrations, uh, one of which uh, uh, was in my own chapter, uh, where we had the our local alumni association uh, do some some uh, ritual presentations, and uh, they used some of the active members from the chapter uh, that was got a little bit of uh, international recognition in the fact that we had representation from the supreme council of the philippines 
and the Philippines government, uh, their ambassador here is a senior Demolay, and he came down for the day. Uh, Ontario itself had a big celebration, probably our largest sweetheart's ball and grandmaster's class in, in uh, on March the 24th, uh, where we did uh, uh, a Demolay degree for uh, 15 new new members. Uh, so all in all, it went fairly well. Um, this week, uh, we are getting together with the Manitoba Demolay in Winnipeg at the Conference of Canadian Grandmasters. And uh, we're going to break bread with, with some of those young men to just kind of feed their fire. On the, on the topic of young men, uh, make sure you say hello to Most Worshipful Brother Barry Birch. Uh, he just uh, just this year got his honorary Legion of Honor. So make sure you give him a hard time. Um, oh, that's good too. Uh, on the topic of different events over Canada, if you want to bump into me in person anywhere, uh, I will be at the White Rock Masonic Temple on May 25th for British Columbia's centennial. And I am hoping to be at the uh, Edmonton Shrine Center on the 17th of August uh, for Alberta's. Uh, so Eric or uh, Dad Hart, uh, mm -hmm. make sure you start warning everyone that I'm coming back. <laughs> uh, oh no. I mean, I'm bringing, yay! I'm bringing my honorary Provincial Master Counselor plaque with me too. <laughs> Just gonna wear it around my neck, like mm. I'm a, like I'm a I'm a rapper or something. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, so what about uh, what are what are they doing down in uh, Murica? Um. I didn't even know that there was a centennial coming up. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, sure. <laughs> we've been doing a lot of, a lot of things. If you're talking about, I, I can't, I guess, speak for, for every jurisdiction in Minnesota. We've had two different um, sort of centennial events. We had our centennial, um, our official centennial event in, on December 1st, where we had a grandmaster's class degree, um, for, for some new members. And then we had a, a centennial banquet after. And what was cool about that banquet is we actually had a DMLA International Hall of Fame member um, attend the banquet and uh, give a speech about about how DMLA affected his life. Um, so that was a, a really cool event that we did. Um, we had a lot of people there that that maybe hadn't heard of DMLA before or hadn't been around DMLA in a long time. Um, and I think an important thing to remember is this year is the centennial year, but, you know, DMLA continues after this year. And uh, with all of the attention that we're getting from these events, take that opportunity to, to you know, take advantage of that. Um, all the people that are, you know, hearing about DMLA for the first time, um, get them involved, um, get them helping after the centennial year. Maybe they'll be around for the 200. Uh, you never know. Um, I plan on being around for the 200. Yeah, me, me too. I it's a long ways away. I've been, uh, I've been telling all everyone in Grand Lodge of British Columbia that they're going to have to mint a hundred-year jewel for me. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so we've got one final question from uh, River Peatman, who is the immediate past master counselor of Fraser Valley Chapter, which is one of the best chapters, just saying. Um, and he said, Connor and Eric Anderson have really inspired me to be come a better Demolay and to be better in general, which I'm really touched by. Thank you, brother. Uh, who has inspired you guys? So who has inspired me? Uh, Eric Anderson has inspired me. He constantly makes me want to be a better, a better, uh, a better Demolay. And 
even though he's not a Freemason yet, he still is the reason why I strive to be uh, a better uh, Freemason. Um, yeah. So what about you guys? Who inspires you? Oh, wow. Uh, I would actually agree with you on the point about Eric Anderson, because uh, him and I joined uh, our Edmonton chapter as members on the exact same day uh, we were initiated together. And sort of growing up as friends, I really got to understand what Eric was like and just how inspiring he really is as a person, uh, how he sees the world and how he always sees the best of people is just it was something that really pushed me to want to be my best in D-Malay and outside of D-Malay. Um, in terms of uh, not just uh, my best friend, but uh, for like pro probably older people that inspire me, uh, I would say I was heavily inspired by my executive officer, uh, Dad Slade. Dad Slade. I love Dad he, Slade. Him and I can have disagreements, but he will always be civil and he will always talk to me and help me to understand if I don't understand what's going on. And he will always be willing to listen to me and change his views when he knows it's for the betterment of the organization. And while some people may, you know, bark and bark and bark all the time, he will always keep a level head and stay true to what he believes in. And it was something that really inspired me growing up with DMLA. Fantastic. What about you, AJ? Who inspires you? I've got a, a couple. There are some obvious ones. Um, you know, my dad, um, he got me involved with DMLA for the first time. Um, he, he took me to my first event when I had no idea what it was. And ever since then, he kind of showed me the way. I remember uh, a really early conversation where I wasn't even an active DMLA yet. And he was like, he was asking me if I wanted to be a state master counselor. And I was like, geez, dad, you take it slow. I haven't even joined yet. Um, but he, he, you know, he's always pushing me to do better. Um, there was an early state master counselor when I was probably 12 at my first ever conclave. Um, there was a or a state master counselor that told me without even knowing me, he was like, you're going to be a state master counselor someday. And that was something that was really uh, inspiring to me to hear. Um, and then I'll kind of end with with the big one that I, that I'm sure anybody who knows me has probably heard heard this one before. But uh, at my first really big out of state event, which was the Frank Marshall Ritual Tournament in Dallas or in um, in Texas, um, I uh, I was pretty young and and I was with a group of guys and we were getting ready to go into our ritual competition and I was obviously super nervous. It was my first big competition. And um, there was a really tall guy, probably like three times my height, that came up to me um, wearing one of those fancy collars. And he shook my hand. He said, hi, my name is uh, Chris LeBaugh, was his name. And uh, uh, Dad LeBaugh. Love Dad LeBaugh. After talking for a while, I, uh, I learned that he was the International Congress Secretary. And, um, you know, it was just a really cool conversation. It wasn't anything about DMLA. It wasn't him trying to be anything he wasn't he just wanted to talk about me and that was really cool as a young member and um i saw that he was wearing a tie a black and red and white tie that i'd seen a bunch of other people wearing and i said where can i get one of those ties and he said right here and he took it off of his neck and put it on mine and uh i i still wear that tie to this day i i used to wear it to almost every single event and i think that moment i didn't obviously know it at the time but that moment kind of taught me that 
each and every one of us, especially in DMLA, but just in the world in general, has the ability to make an impact on everyone else's lives with just some tiny things. You know, something as small as taking a tie off of your neck and putting it on somebody else's can make a huge impact on their life. And, you know, it has a domino effect on the world in the future. Just um, so I have the right uh, people in my head, is Chris Labaugh, dad, Tom Labaugh's son? Are they related? I no. don't think so. I think it's a different spelling. Okay. Yeah, it's a different spelling. One's L-A-B-A-W, and the other is L-A-B-A-G-H. Okay, cool. Right. Hmm. And then the, the, the last inspiration, I think, is just, you know, Every, every single member of DMLI uh, is, is constantly inspiring me, uh, not only to do better myself, but just the fact that they're able to, to go through their lives. Because, you know, we have members that, that struggle with things like depression and anxiety. They have to go through school. They have to, some of them deal with, um, you know, hard housing situations and, and family struggles, but they still make it to DMLI events. They still are, are constantly trying to be better people. And I think that's really inspiring to me is to just see, you know, the amount of different different experiences that we have and, and how they live their lives. Fantastic. What about you, uh, um, Dave? Well, you know, there's a couple people that inspire me as well. And Eric Enerson, I think, is probably not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a pretty long story and how I got started. I won't go through the whole thing, but there's a, a local a local gentleman that uh, I, I got to meet. I didn't know who he was. He just was the guy down the street that was introduced to me when I was joining Masonry, and uh, his name was Al. Uh, I didn't know who he was, or he just was the guy down the street. Uh, we had a cup of coffee, and uh, he, he knew way more facts and figures and details about Masonry than uh, than I anybody should know, I thought. And uh, I was pretty decided I was going to move forward with Masonry, and he just kept coaxing me. And later found out that he's Al Jorgensen, of course, and he's, uh, he was a senior dean Malay, past master counselor, past state master counselor, the past master of his lodge, past district deputy, past grand master, and now SGIG of Washington for, uh, for uh, Scottish Rite. So he's got pretty, pretty long lineage there, but he just was out. He just was out down the street, had a cup of coffee and chatted with me about masonry and about becoming, uh, you know, joining the organization. He didn't, he didn't, uh, I, I didn't know that's who he was. And so he's been a constant mentor to me. And he was my coach as I went through. And I didn't know anything about all that stuff as I learned more. Uh, and so, uh, but kind of like AJ said too, all, all of the guys are mentors. As I mentioned, all, all of the guys, you know, I still look to men as the dads, so to speak. And the things I like, I try to duplicate. And the things I don't like, I try not to duplicate. And what about you? Uh, uh, what about you, uh, Steve? Who? Who? I have to say, uh, well, there's a few. You know, Eric is number one on the list, I'm sure. But um, you know, amongst them, uh, be Larry Wingett. Uh, if you, for those of you who don't know him, he's quite inspirational to me. But no, really, the um, the man who moved quietly and modestly in the sphere of his life. Uh, yet never got to be a Freemason because he was too busy giving time to D. Malay, uh, which is dad, Ben Thompson. He was the chapter dad that, uh, you know, made me feel like I was important, made me feel like um, what I actually said mattered. And, uh, you know, like AJ said, he listened to me, right? You know, and, um, you know, he's now passed on uh, 
and uh you know probably the coolest thing about that was uh <clears throat> i think there were there were uh more demolay at that service than at a conclave and uh you know that just goes to speak to who he was and why he was so inspirational to many not just me fantastic what about you uh dad lozell i have too many to mention is one of them eric anderson <laughs> believe it or not absolutely uh i i find eric is a, a godsend uh he has volunteered so much of his time to some joint projects that we're involved in uh, i look forward to my conversations with him absolutely he's inspiring um i i would think of the guys that are still alive i have two that i look to one is is tom laval who the past executive officer for uh pennsylvania demolay and right. a, a good friend a good friend he's currently the executive director for the pennsylvania youth foundation uh, he's retiring in a couple of weeks by the end of the year and the other is keith klein uh keith klein the grand secretary of uh Demolay international uh a man i consider a friend who can always tell me things the way they are or the as he perceives them and and right or wrong it's an opinion that i respect uh, i'm very glad to see that uh, speedway chapter just did a a class in his honor on, on the weekend which was really well um there have been so many men who have affected my life throughout the years and the one that i try to live to his memory is my own dad my dad my own dad was very involved in demolay extremely involved in, in in masonry never became a master because he couldn't learn the work it was all he could do to to, to memorize his his obligations but he lived his entire life to them and i i hope one day to be half the man he was fantastic well i think uh everyone here is in an agreement that demolay is a fantastic organization and it's brought all of us together um uh it's 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 really i think it's made us who we are and i i think anyone would be would be uh i think it, it's a perfect place for anyone uh between who who are in that age group so with that said, I do have one piece of, of non-Demolay related news coming out of the Grand Lodge of Minnesota. And um, it's it's not the best news, but I still want to bring it up. Um, I'm just pulling it up on my phone here and I'll, I'll read the article that I have. And it says, tragic news from Minnesota this Easter weekend. Most worshipful brother, Stephen D. Johnson, the newly elected and installed Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of Minnesota, Ancient, Free, and Accepted Masons for 2019-2020, passed away very suddenly to the Celestial Lodge on Saturday, April 20th. He had only been in office for one week. Um, 
Grand Lodge has issued a simple statement at this time and no further details or funeral ser or funeral service information as of yet. Um, so I speak on behalf of all of us here on the podcast that our, our hearts and prayers go out to the Grand Lodge of, uh, of uh, Minnesota and to the family of our departed brother. So mode it be. So with that said, uh, thank you everyone for, uh, for listening in today and joining us in this discussion. It's fantastic to have, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six people uh, on the panel today. Um, uh, thank you for uh, AJ and uh, Dad Hart who found out, well, Dad Hart found out that he was appearing on the podcast this morning. Oh no, I found out that I was appearing on the podcast three or about four minutes before it started. Exactly, so thank you for coming on. And, no problem. Um, and uh, with that said, we'll uh, we'll proceed to close. Uh, if I can remember, if I can remember the Demolay term, uh, if there's no further business, we shall proceed to close. Um, so, with that said, uh, I hope everyone uh, enjoyed. Leave your comments down below. Uh, if you want to uh, find out more about the podcast, make sure that you like us on Facebook. We post everything there, and if you want to join a conversation, join the uh, uh, join the uh, Discord. I'm on there. Uh, Dave is on there. We're trying to get Steve on there, but uh, you know, old old farts and their uh, uh, ineptitude <laughs> to uh, technology. Um, so yeah, and I'd also like to thank uh, Steve for putting up with me while I've been away for the past month. He's had to uh, run the podcast on his cell on his own, and uh, he's done a spot-on job for the most part. And uh, I'm back now, and uh, I'm really happy to be back. So, and if you um, want to find out anything more about Demolay, uh, Connor will put links to Demolay International and Demolay Canada websites in our uh, text for the for this podcast in the comments. Exactly. So, with that said, does anyone have any final remarks that they want to make? Go Demolay! Woo! Thank you for having me. I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, share my thoughts on our wonderful organization. Yeah. We're always happy to have you. Well, although, have you it back, was, although it was last minute, I, it has been an absolute honor. Wonderful. And um, I don't know if we announced this last time, but uh, Dave Dave Colbeth <laughs> has uh, officially joined Steve and I as one of our regular hosts. So you'll be seeing a lot more of him. Uh, so we now have a, a past DDGM from Washington. Which, uh, on that note, uh, Steve, do we have any uh, interesting or entertaining uh, topics coming up that people should be aware of? Uh, heads up is good. Um, uh, yeah, it's somewhere around there. Uh, we'll post <laughs> it on Facebook. There you go. Just throwing that at you for old time's sake. Yeah, thanks. All right, brethren, thank you all for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Working Tools Podcast. All right.